Hello, and welcome to the Alternative Podcast, coming to you from San Andres Island. Thanks so much for joining us today. Now here is Pastor Eddie with this week's message. So we have finally come to the finish line in the epistle of Colossians, where we have hopefully been learning that Christ Jesus is more than enough. enough. And I hope that this has been a blessing to you as it has been for me. I want to send a greetings to, to, to those that are worshiping online and to our audience also um, that have, um, take time to watch us online. So with that being said, I want us to go to Colossians chapter 4. And let's look at the verse 7 all the way through the verse 18. So we will camp in Colossians chapter 4. And we will be, we'll be starting from the verse 7. All the way through the verse 18. Alright? Colossians chapter 4. Um, from the verse 7. All the way until the verse 18. I want to talk to us this morning on the subject. The secret sauce of a great church. The secret sauce of a great church. People who likes to cook must know what I'm talking about here. Alright? Let's, let's all close our eyes and bow our heads. As we take time to pray and thank God for this wonderful and powerful book that has taught us so much um, over these past eight weeks. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for providing the Apostle Paul and, and uh, Epaphras to, to be faithful servants as they serve in a very challenging and difficult area like the city of Colossae. And... Um, how this church was challenged and how this church was going through so many difficulties and difficult circumstances, but they were encouraged to keep the faith. They were encouraged to stand firm. Father, and I pray that we as a church today, that we too will stand firm. We will stand firm, my God, in spite of the burden, the heaviness, the challenges and the difficulties we face in this our environment today. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. The secret sauce of a great church. On one occasion, as I was speaking to um, this Jamaican brother that um, jerk chicken right there close to the um, Tele Islas channel, he and I, we were having a conversation as I was walking out Enam and Emmett behind the, um, the archive um, building. And I asked him a question, and the question that I asked him was, why native people, why residents, and why tourists, when they come to the island, they find you wherever you are? And why they love to enjoy and eat your food? You know what the guy said to me? He said this as he replied. He said, I have a special. He never said, I have a secret, you know. He said, I have a special secret sauce. I use and I pour on my chicken and my meat. Now when they eat that, they have to suck their finger. <laughs> so I say, ah, okay, you have a secret then. And this reminds me, you know, as I think about this um, text this morning, this reminds me um, of the greetings that Paul shared with this church in this last section of the epistle of Colossians. It reminds me in this section or in, with these greetings, we find the secret sauce that Paul shared. For a great and a thriving church, and listen to me here carefully, a thriving church in an unhealthy environment. 
how a church can still remain great, how a church can be a thriving church and people will suck their finger at this church and celebrate this church in an environment where um, it's filled with fast teachings and fast teachers. How can the church remain vibrant and healthy in such environment? When we come to this passage, Paul is going to give us some pictures or snapshots or some elements of what make a church great. But before we get there, I want you to write this down. A healthy practices or healthy practices among members build great and healthy churches. Let me repeat this. Healthy practices among believers and members of a church will build and make a church healthy in an unhealthy environment. Why I say that? Because when we come to these verses in 7, verse 7, all the way to verse 18, Paul gives us the secret sauce that these brothers and sisters were practicing among themselves in Colossae that make them great. And I want to share them with you this morning. And I want us to begin with the first secret sauce. The first secret sauce is this church serve each other. Listen to me, church family. This church or these brothers in Colossae, they serve each other. In other words, they were a serving church, okay? They were a serving church. So one of the first things that we need to become healthy and great um, in our island that is filled with fast teachings and fast teachers and unhealthy practices that we see across the churches, what we need today, we need, number one, we need serving or learn to serve each other. Amen? Why? A serving church, or when we serve each other, we don't leave each other alone at our lowest point, but we find ways to serve and be an encouragement to each other. It's very important. When we are struggling and when we are at our lowest point, we don't leave each other in our struggles alone, but we find creative ways to serve each other and to encourage each other so that we can continue to serve God together. Why? Because let's look at the example that Paul gives us with Titicus. Titicus is in verse 7 and 8. And Paul used this man as an example as to how he served Paul meanwhile he was in prison and also how he served um, the church in Colossae as they were struggling um, with fast teaching. Let's look at verse 7 in Colossians chapter 4. And let's look at this man, Tissicos, because he's going to teach us how we serve each other. Ready? Look at verse 7 with me. Pase, Tissicos will tell you all the news about me. Why? Because he is a dear brother, a faithful servant, and fellow servant in the Lord. And listen to what Paul said. I am sending him to you for the express purposes that you may know about what? Our circumstances and that he may what? Encourage your hearts in the Lord. Two things we find his brother doing to Paul and to the church. He was serving Paul at his lowest point in prison. Listen, imprisonment is not like the hotel that we have around here that we call Nueva Esperanza. Imprisonment in the first century, it means that you will be tied from neck to foot 
um, to two guards on your right, two guards on your back, four guards would be tied to you and you could not move and could do anything. And this man found the way to serve God under those circumstances. You know what Tisicus was doing? He was risking his life to serve a brother that was in need. You know, hear me, man. Hey, listen to me. We will be a great and a healthy church when we don't look at people for what they are and what they are going through, but we will find ways to serve them in spite of what they are going through. This man was in prison. This man could have risked his life to serve God, but he said, to heck with my life. I am going to serve God's people because that is my duty. And a great church serve God's people in spite of the circumstances that they go through. I pray that this will become the alternative family. That we will learn to serve each other at our lowest point, at our darkest hour, in the darkest moments of our life. You will know that I can call on our brother and our sister because they will be there present for me. And this is what we have in Tisicus here. But not only that he served Paul, but he also find in verse 9 a very interesting situation here that is very important for us to analyze. We find that a serving church have and is composed of members that forgives and restores each other when they have done wrong to each other. They forgive and they restore each other even when they have done wrong to each other. Why? Let's look at verse 9. And this name might not be important to you, but if you take time to read a little book in the also written by Paul that is known as Philemon, it's a little book that contains the story of Philemon, the slave master, and a man by the name of Onesimus, a man who was a slave and stole his master's money and ran away. And he met Paul and he was converted. And after his conversion, Paul sent him back to his master. And in that time, what would happen is that they would have, the master would have the right to chop off the slave neck that have stolen and have done wrong. But I want us to look at verse 9 because it's very important what is happening here. Is that this man was forgiven, but Paul said, I want you as a church, not only to forgive him, but restore him, not as a slave, but as a brother. All right. Look at verse 9. In verse 9, he said, He is coming with Onesimus. This go. This man that have done wrong. The man that have offended his master. The man that have offended a brother in the church. And he said, Our oh, faithful. Look at Paul. Paul didn't say, Did Paul say he was a slave? Did Paul say he was a thief? Did Paul say that he was a man that have done wrong? Did Paul say that this was a wicked man that stole money and wanted to come back in the church? Beware of him. Listen, Pastor, he's coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear. That word dear means beloved brothers. Who is, listen to this, one of you. Oof. Paul is saying in spite of everything that he has done, he now have a new position in Christ and you can't treat that person with his old position. You need to treat him with the new position that he has in Christ. He is no longer a slave. He is a brother. And as a brother, you have the right to forgive him. So what Paul is saying here, stop focus on Onesimus wrong and past but focus on what God is doing in Onesimus' life today. 
You know why we are not healthy among our relationship in the church? It's because we always focus on the past of the people and we not focus on the beautiful present that they have in Christ Jesus. He was this. Thank God he was this. But in Jesus Christ, he is a new creation. He has done this. Thank God he has done that. But in Christ Jesus, he is a new person in Christ Jesus. Don't treat your brother based upon his past. Treat your brother based upon his present in Christ Jesus. Look at what Paul said. Onesimus, he is now a faithful brother and beloved. And I'm sending him back to you. Now I have forgiven him. The Lord has forgiven him and changed his life. So what you need to do? You need to forgive him as well. And Paul said, don't stay there as forgiveness, but restore him into the fellowship of God. So a great church, listen to this family, a great church focuses on serving, forgiving, and restoring people rather than focusing on what people have done or are doing. So the first aspect of a healthy, great church is that we serve each other. The second one is this. We welcome each other. We are welcoming to each other. What I mean by that? I want us to look at verse 10 to the verse 11 because Paul is going to show us something beautiful here in this passage. They welcome and work with each other in these verses um, in spite of their differences and diversity, ethnically speaking. And I want us to look at it because Paul mentioned, no, he's going to mention some Jewish brothers from verse 10 until verse 11. He's going to tell us about Aristarchus. I don't want to read them because you might get trouble, um, your tongue might get tired as we read it. In fact, let's read it. Verse 10 to the verse 11, Paul mentioned Aristarchus. Paul mentioned Mark. If you will recall in the book of Acts, Mark was the man, the cousin of Barnabas who betrayed Paul. Who left Paul alone in the ditch. And now listen to what Paul is saying about Mark in verse 10 and verse 11. In spite of what Mark did to Paul, Mark turned around and Paul said, you know what? I am going to welcome you as my brother. This man deserted Paul. But look at what Paul said in verse 10. He said, my fellow prisoners, these were Jews, sent to, to you greetings as does Mark. Mark did me gangster and I'm going to say greetings to you and I'm going to treat him like a brother. Paul said he sent greetings as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instruction about him. And listen to this now. If he comes to you, shun him. Wait, man, this is Mark. Ruthie Mark, take you and beat you up, curse you about your, your great-great-grandmother, even though you don't know your great-grandmother, you don't even know your great-grandmother, and he do all these things. You know what Paul said? Welcome him. They beat you up. And Paul said, welcome him. He betrayed you. Paul said, welcome him. Why? Because when we are in Christ Jesus, we don't look at what the person has done and the person is doing. We look now at what God is doing in their life. Look at verse 10. Verse 10 says, He was teaching now the ways of God to the people. Something happened in his life that he did not continue be a betrayer and a bad brother. But something happened in his life now that he began now to encourage people. So what Paul said, if he is doing those things, welcome him because he is your brother in Christ Jesus. 
my goodness, he's doing good. So Paul is saying, don't look at the person's mistakes and don't look at the person's error, but look at how God is working in that person's life today. That means that in the body of Christ, we should never allow differences and problems causes us to be unwelcoming and unable to work with each other. But listen, in Christ Jesus, enemies can become friends. In Christ Jesus, sinners can become saints. In Christ Jesus, differences can become strengths. That means that if we are in Christ Jesus, we don't look at our weakness, we look at our strength. We look at the gift of each other. We don't look at the person's mistakes and weaknesses, but we look at what God is doing in the person and we build them up. So Paul said in verse 11, Paul made this argument in verse 11. He said, these are the only Jews among my co-laborers and workers for the kingdom of God. And they have proved a comfort to me. Paul said, I was going through hell. And none of you that call yourself believers came to my rescue. But only these people that you rejected came to my rescue. That means that even beyond our ethnical differences, right, salopana, whatever you want to call it, as long as that person is a brother in Christ Jesus. In fact, sometimes, sometimes we've got to look at the good in what people are doing and celebrate it and start look at our differences. Sometimes the people who help you more are your brothers and sisters, you know. The people who help you more are strangers. And Pa said, welcome him. So what we have here, a healthy church and a great church welcome people in spite of their differences spite of their mistakes, spite of their errors. Let's look at the third secret sauce. Secret, a great church and a healthy church, pray for each other. They are willing and ready to take a stand to protect the welfare of each other. Paul used here as illustration Epaphras. You remember Epaphras, the founder of this church in Colossae? He was not there present, but he heard about all of the things that they were going through. And in verse 12 to the verse 13, in spite of all of the dominant ideas within the culture, and he was not there to defend and to stand up for them and to help them, Paul used Epaphras in verse 13 to the verse 13 to show how he was wrestling and praying for them because of what he heard they was going through. Read with me verse 12 to the verse 13. Listen, he said, Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ in verse 12, sends greetings. He's always, listen to this, wrestling. He's on his knees. He is praying. He is wrestling in prayer for who? For you, that you may stand firm in all of the will of God. Stand firm, mature, and fully secured in Christ Jesus. And listen to what Paul said in verse 13. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you. And for those at Laodicea and Herapolis, this man was standing up for these brothers and sisters in prayer. Even though he was not there present, he was still praying. 
That means that if we want to be a healthy church, even the distance can't separate us, but our prayer is so effective and powerful that the distance cannot stop our prayer because we are calling out on the Lord on the behalf of our brothers and sisters. That means that we need to pray for our brothers when they are struggling. Listen, when they are going through challenges, pray for them. When they are down, pray for them. When they are discouraged, pray for them. Listen to me, husband and wife, pray for each other. And the church say, Amen. Amen. When we are down, because sometimes we are discouraged. Sometimes in our home, we got some big decision to make. And sometimes we can't make it by ourselves. And maybe we don't have the wisdom to do it. But when we call to God together as a family, listen, we will have strength to make a better decision together. So what Paul is saying, a healthy church and a great church is made up of members ready to stand with each other under challenging circumstances. And let me flip this here. A healthy church, instead of finding fat among each other first, we start to pray for each other. We don't draw swift conclusion. We pray that God will help the brother and sister. So during challenging seasons and difficulty, we pray for each other. During seasons of discouragement, we pray for each other. During seasons when we want to throw in the towel and we have had enough, we pray for each other. Check up on your brother. Call your brother and your sister. Hey, how is it going? This is one of the things that I love and I want to take my time to celebrate about us here at The Alternative. Listen to me. One of the things that I love about us is that we pray for each other. And more so, we check up on each other. We can sign about each other. A brother or a sister is missing, we make sure we text them. We call them. And you know what? I want to celebrate that. I want to celebrate that. Because we are on our path to become a great church. Fourth, not only praying for each other, not only welcoming each other, not only serving each other, but make we celebrate each other. Celebrate each other. Let's look at verse 14 through the verse 15. I need to explain something here because you might miss it, but I want to explain something here as you notice in verse 14 and verse 15. They were mindful and attentive and ready to celebrate each other even from the distance. Paul gives us two examples here. He gives us Dr. Luke and he gives us Demas. Demas was a brother that sent greetings to these people in the verse 14 to the verse 15. And I want us to look at it because what they were doing, they were celebrating the good news that they heard of a sister by the name of Nympha who opened her house so that she would welcome people that would pass through and that they were believers. She opened her house so that they can serve and they can worship God. Look with me in verse 14 to 15 at the greetings here and what Paul said about that taluk. In verse 14, our dear friend, Luke, the doctor, and Demas, what they did? Send greetings. And in verse 15, look at it. Give my greetings to the brothers and sisters at Laodicea and to Nympha, listen to this, and the church in where? She opened her house so that her house would be a blessing to people. You see why we need to start community group? Because we can be a blessing to people as we look at it. I want us to look at this word, um, greetings. Two times Paul mentioned it, verse 14 and verse 15. He talked about the brothers and greetings. This word literally means embrace or kiss or welcome the other person. In that time, in that culture, 
when you will dismiss or you will give greetings to that person, we don't do it today. Thank God we don't do it because we'll be in a trouble a lot. The brothers and sisters that were believers in Christ, they will hug each other and they will kiss each other. That's why Paul mentioned in the book of Corinthians, a holy kiss. A holy kiss simply means the, uh, is the word apasomai. Yeah, a word apasomai is to embrace each other. It's to kiss each other. It's to celebrate each other. You know what they were doing as a church? The accomplishment of one, they were not criticizing or, or they were not saying this or they were not doing that. The accomplishment of one, they were celebrating it together. together. Listen, they were saying, your victory is my victory. Your success is my success. Your um, accomplishment and your growth is my success as well. So what we need as a church, in fact, as wiser people, we need to start practice that. Yes. Or jealous each other, or be covetous of each other. Need to learn to celebrate each other, even when it hurt me because I want to have that success. Even when it hurt, I celebrate my brother. Because that's my brother and sister in Christ Jesus. So what Paul is teaching us, a healthy church focuses on celebrating, complimenting, and enjoying each other more than destroying and crucifying each other. Demas and Luke celebrated the good work that Nympha was doing. And I'll close up with this. We need to learn to share with each other. They were willing to give and share the blessing they have received with each other. How I know that? In the verse 16 through the verse 18, we find an example here that Paul said to the church in Laodicea. And he said, after this letter has been read to you, see that it also read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. This reminds me of something that we used to practice in the past. Or what were people they have a saying that say, one hand wash the other. Who remember you to experience who experienced that in, in growing up? I used to experience that. My grandmother used to send me cocaine and bun, and when I come back, I used to come with all kind of fish. I was like my grandmother go kill up in serving at the in, a, in in the kitchen with this oven and the hot the place hot. My grandmother said, I think say no, I want to eat bun. My grandmother said, take this and go to the seaside. And by the hookah family, you left that there to my good friend. I said, Lord, that woman got with my portion right there. But when I used to come back, I used to come out with bread kind and fish. One hand, wash the other. And the two wash. I like the watch your face. watch your face. But what is the principle? The principle is this. That when you have, don't be stingy. Share with love. And this is one thing too I want to celebrate about us as the alternative family. When we have, we share with each other. As long as we know, we share with each other. As long as we know, we find each other. Sometimes I eat some bosco, I know plant. Sometimes I eat some banana, I know plant. Sometimes I eat some nice cake and some nice rondong, I know plant or cook. But I eat it. 
Because we share with each other. They ask me if I'm hungry. No. They don't know if I'm hungry or if I have plenty in my refrigerator. You know what they do? They find ways to bless me. That's a church that cheer. Don't don't come in up. Right? We share with each other. And I want to celebrate that as well. Make we learn to share with each other. And listen to me. I want to say this very important here. Hey. We are not magicians to read your mind. If you are struggling, confide in a brother and sister and let us know. Because once we know, I guarantee you, we won't find the help for you. We might not have the help. We might not have the power to help you. But we want help. And listen now, we who know, don't go broadcast it on Seminario the Extra. I don't want to call the other one because I don't want somebody to hit me though right now, you know? <laughs> don't broadcast it. Find the help for the person. That's the kind of community we want to build here. When we are struggling, we walk with each other. We pray with each other. We share with each other. We welcome each other. But we also make sure that the pain and the need the person has is being addressed. Church, can we continue to do that? Please don't stop. Please don't stop. Because if we stop, we will become like any average church. But as long as we want to be healthy and great, may we continue practicing sharing with each other. And I close with this verse 17. Because notice, they serve, they welcome, they pray. And what else they did? They celebrate. And what else they did? And share. But in the church, we only can't have the good things. In the church, we need to challenge each other when we are not doing what God called us to do. Correct in love. And I have to done with this note in verse 17. Look at verse 17. Tell Archippus, see to it that you complete the ministry you have received in the Lord. This man was turning back. This man was not following through with the commitment that he has made. My pastor said, I celebrate all these good heroes. But let me call the attention of one of them. Because he's not doing what God called him to do. You know what he was doing? He was looking at what other people were doing. And not what he was called. And was not focusing on what he was called to do. If God called you to a specific assignment, do it to the best of your capacity. Don't worry about the other person's calling. God will take care of him. That's what Jesus said to Peter. And what about this one? Jesus said, you don't worry about John. I will take care of John. You do your work. So do your work. Do it to the best of your capacity. I will do mine. And when we start do all together, we start do what God called us to do, we shall be a great church. So, if we want to be a great church, follow past secret sauce and we shall be great. Every head bow, every eye close. Which one of them we find ourselves in? Which one of them we need to get better at? Which one of them we need to start build on? 
I want you to examine yourself right there. Are you serving each other? If yes, check mark. If no, X. And don't be ashamed. <laughs> Are you welcoming to a brother and a sister you have had some issues and problems with? If yes, check mark. If no, Lord, give me grace and mercy. Are you praying for each other as you should? If yes, check mark. If no, X. Are you um, celebrating each other as you should? Or are you jealous or coveting each other? Check mark or X. And are you sharing with each other? Check mark or X. Father, I pray for each one of us today. I hope that we would have a check mark as a church, as the alternative. We don't care about what others are doing. We care about what the scripture tells us to do. And according to Papa, give us the secret sauce that these brothers and these brothers and sisters were practicing. All these men that he mentioned and women that he mentioned, the way that they lived among each other is admiring. It's something that we need to cultivate and incorporate here at the Alternative Church. We need to make it our DNA. We need to make it our, our, our secret sauce as well so that we can begin to have a great food, a great church, a healthy church. Father, help us as a people now, as a family, maybe as a family, or maybe as a brothers and sisters in home, we are not practicing these things. I pray, God, that you will help us to do so. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church of God says, Amen. Amen. The secret sauce of a great church. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Our hope is that this message has allowed you to hear from the God who loves and redeems you through His Son, Jesus. To hear more from The Alternative, subscribe through your preferred podcast app. We would love to connect with you. You can follow and contact us on Instagram or Facebook at the alternative underscore SAI or watch past messages at youtube.com slash the alternative underscore SAI. Have an awesome week.